Hi, I'm Greg Finn. And I'm Jess Bud. And it is officially Marketing O'Clock here at Cypress North on September 7th, 2018. Marketing O'Clock is your weekly dose of digital marketing news and information from the past week, where we recap everything that's happened while giving you commentary and insights and rants (laughs) that you can use. (laughs) We're here every Friday filming this live without a net on YouTube. And we can also be found on your favorite podcast player. Absolutely. And don't forget to follow us along in the show notes for links to everything we're going to be talking about today. Head on over to marketingoclock.com for links and fun. All right. First up this week in the marketing news is that Google Ads, formerly AdWords, the artist <laughs> formerly known as AdWords, <laughs> is changing the close variance in exact matching yet again. And dun, dun, dun. <laughs> and so what had happened before is advertisers were having problems with some of the standard default types. Like you'd put money in and say, I'd like to match this with just a standard default method and use some, some what's called broad match. <laughs> and this really got poor results because it's an unusable, terrible f- way to match. And we do not use that here. <laughs> But so what happened is people started using exact match because it was the way that you could actually get some value for your customers or for your brand. And Google realized that, hey, everybody's using this exact match and you might be missing some conversions here. Hmm. But also you also you, you not only are you missing it, but we're missing some revenue too. So they allowed the variants to say let's flip those terms and not make it exact anymore and this was last year and so an exact match term before used to be hey i'm gonna match milk chocolate and only that and then this change (laughs) came out to the variants and you could flip that and say well now chocolate milk would be a match as well because that's flipping those two terms and because it's the exact same thing right exact same thing okay and so now there's a expansion again of these close variants and Google will now be expanding those variants based on implied words, paraphrases, or other terms with the same meaning. Hmm. And the example that they gave is that somebody would be advertising for the term Yosemite camping. <laughs> and you could have an implied match for Yosemite National Park, California camping. Or you could have a paraphrase match, Yosemite campground. Or you could have something that might be the same intent, campsites in Yosemite. So where does this turn into a problem? I mean, is, that, is that a rhetorical <laughs> question? First off, <laughs> is let's use this exact example here and say that the, the example is Yosemite camping. And let's use a beautiful state park here in New York, Watkins Glen. Mm. And so we're going to have... The, the term Watkins Glen camping. Well, camping in Watkins Glen is different than somebody looking to camp around Watkins Glen. And you can't bring RVs, let's say, and mm. there are many campgrounds around. There's very limited space. And there are many other options in the area that you might be an advertiser trying to do. And you know what? All of some of these private options aren't in Watkins Glen. And I don't want those terms. And it's not an exact match. And it doesn't make sense. And it is highly frustrating. So 
what us advertisers, <laughs> I mean, a little bit passionate about I, this. Is, I can is, feel it. You yeah. can see, but it, what this means for us advertisers is there's no exact, <laughs> I mean, we already knew this, but you're going to really have to look through everything again. Mm-hmm. And the problem started because Google had a terrible matching solution with Broadmatch and nobody used it and everybody used things that work. And now Google's trying to get money from that. And that's that's really, there's, if you have another lens to look at this from, <laughs> send it on over to us. Go to marketingoclock.com and let me know. But that's the only thing I can see. So this is going to start in October. And us advertisers are just going to have to look in depth at our terms and use a lot of negatives and then bless those those beautiful souls out there that are going to put together scripts that are going to bring the exact match back for us and we're going to have to implement those but it's a sad day i believe that i said when i came to the office today that it felt like i wanted to cry yes all right don't cry i mean i i don't want to beat a dead horse here but doesn't it kind of feel like they just turned exact match into modified broad you should be we already have that yeah you should beat a horse dead here what about a horse fly I don't. That, we never know. I get. I don't. I don't know how they're going to interpret it. I'm a bit of a masochist, so I'm excited to see what happens. Not really, guys. It's sit be back awful. and watch the world burn. <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay. Well, you done ranting? Should we move on or no? I'm done. Okay. I'm just going to sit here in in sadness. All right. Well, cheer up, everyone. Uh, (laughs) It's back to school season, and Search Console has graduated out of beta. So congrats to Search Console. Um, I I just feel like this this pales in comparison to the bad news we just shared, but this is good. So the official launch comes with more data, more reports, and simplified features. So if you've been using the beta version of the new Search Console, you've probably noticed some things were missing. They should almost all be there these days. Uh, Most of the reports and features that you are used to in Search Console have been moved over. There are still some you might have to go into the old version to see. Uh, but they are working on that. So some highlights from the new features, there is a live mode for the URL inspection tool. So you can look at what your page, you can inspect the page as it is now rather than what's been most recently crawled. There's an updated manual actions report. Hopefully you'll never have to use that, but if you do, (laughs) it's a better experience these days. They've also simplified sitemap submissions and user management, which I believe we've touched on uh, before. But again, there's a whole slew of new things, so check out the link in the show notes for more details. All right. Next up on some happy news, I've got (laughs) all the negativity out of my system, and I am very excited for Google's new way of making it easier to discover data sets. And if you've ever used Google Scholar, it's a way to search scholarly papers. And Google's (laughs) now come out with a way to search data sets. And what is a data set, you might ask? Well, it's pretty much in the name of the term (laughs) data set. It's a grouping of data, and Google is going to allow you to crawl this data and see who created the data set, when it was published, how it was collected, and what the terms are for you using that data. And I gave it a whirl. Usually some of these initial (laughs) ones, projects don't don't really pan out. I was pleasantly surprised. I said, well, let's look at some NFL betting lines across the history. And I got answers, and it was actually a really solid data set that I, I could look at. And, and it again, it'll send you right over to the website that's got that data set. And so you can check it out. It's at toolbox.google.com, and it's forward slash data set search. 
Or you could just search for Google data set search and maybe there'll be a data set of how to get there. (laughs) (laughs) And you don't have to be a nerd to use it because it's got sports stuff. So that's cool. (laughs) All right, moving on to Bing. They have announced some changes to their reporting. It's if you've used Bing reports before, it's been kind of a pain in the butt to set up your reports. No longer is that the case. You can now export reports directly from your campaigns and account overview. Makes things a lot easier. It's setup is a breeze. I'll put that in quotes. Um, So again, yes, you can set up, schedule these reports, um, and download them right from your campaigns tab. The new overview tab is also rolling out globally. A lot of us, I think, already had that. It's very similar. If you don't have it, it's similar to what Google Ads does with their overview tab. Um, So if you don't have it already, keep an eye out. It is coming. And uh, it's got awesome features like most searched on terms for the week, your top keywords, biggest performance changes, all sorts of cool high level visualizations just to help you manage your account a little bit better. So that is coming if you don't have it. And if you do, it's going to get better. Fantastic. Woohoo! All right. And that brings us to this week's lightning round. What do we have up first, Jess? First, we have Instagram developing a shopping app. It is rumored to be called IG Shopping, which I think is really creative and uh, unique. Any relation to IGTV there? I don't know. It it does shopping exact match (laughs) with TV. (laughs) Running joke. It's awful. Uh, All right. This app will allow people to, uh, it's it's a standalone app outside of Instagram, but once you're in there, you can browse and purchase goods from businesses that you follow. So it's not something that's out yet. It's very, very preliminary reports, but this is coming. So get ready. All right. Next up, Amazon is allowing itself to reintroduce itself (laughs) with a post called Reintroducing Our Brand. And we talked about this about three weeks ago, I'd say, give or take. And Amazon is kind of combining all of these different services together. And there are now six different units that kind of are in this advertising platform of Amazon. And those are sponsored products and sponsored brands, display ads, video ads, stores, measurement solutions, and then Amazon DSP or demand side platform. So you can check those out. It's going to be a lot easier, a lot more unified, and something that should make your entire experience better A to Z. Nice. That's um, Amazon. Amazing. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and one more thing too on that. While we're on Amazon, there was one new video ad type that was spotted out in the wild. Mm -hmm. I think it was for Kellogg's, and it was in the pantry section and it was a deals video ad i believe it played played for 10 to 15 seconds and allows advertisers to have a video autoplay without sound showing off a specific deal so we'll have again everything that in our show notes is just mentioned before yes marketingclock.com next up survey says goodbye facebook maybe Just kidding, but really, a recent survey found that 42% of Facebook users, that's 18 and up, adults only, have taken a break from the site in the last year. A break basically means they didn't check their um, Facebook for several weeks or more, which is kind of a lot. I feel like my mom is on there, like on the daily, and my dad's (laughs) checking into every place he drives by, even if he doesn't go there, but I don't check Facebook, so... 
interesting stuff. A lot of people have also deleted the app from their phones. There's stats on all of this. Definitely check the link uh, because there's some interesting stuff in there on top of people that have taken a break. There's a lot of other disengagements, if you will, that they reported on. And there's some interesting stuff based on age groups as well. I just mentioned my parents and it does seem like the older folks are still engaging a little bit more than younger folks in different ways. So depending on how you use Facebook for advertising, there may be some strategic changes you need to make. So definitely check out that link. All right, and then next up, our final lightning round article of the week is Google wants to kill the URL from Wired. And in the article, there is the fact that Google has, has, the article states that URLs have been increasingly unintelligible strings of gibberish containing, combining components from third parties or being masked by link shorteners and redirect schemes. And and sure, yeah, yeah, I think that makes sense. But there's also useful, too. I understand that it's not the most ideal, but it's really hard to have something uniform as the U in URL (laughs) stands for. You can't. And this kind of conversation also made its way over to to Twitter, where I think it's underscore, underscore, APF, underscore, underscore, or, or Adrian Porter Felt, an engineer and manager at Google Chrome, had talked about it a little bit more and was thinking about ideas and got a lot of community feedback. Again, you can find this in the show notes. She had said that URLs aren't usable. People are forced to rely on them for so much browsing, security, sharing, and there was a lot of pushback. (laughs) People seem like they really like URLs, even though they are messy. And she had a follow-up tweet there. This is also not a lightning round session. <laughs> no, no, but way. it's good. Keep going. But she had, had a tweet saying, I'm hearing lots of concerns about changing UI. I get it. You like how URLs are now, but we're in a sad state for security. Hard to enter correctly. People don't check when they should. Easy to make convincing spoofs. We shouldn't ex- accept the status quo just because change feels hard. That makes sense. Yeah. The only issue is, there's a lot of pushback saying, hey, Google, this shouldn't be a you thing. Right. This should be a uniform, open-sourced thing, not just one company dictating it. So yeah. I think there is some validity there, and I still can't get used to calling the URL bar, mm-hmm. what is it, the Omnibox? Is that what it's called now? The I, Omnibox. I didn't know it had a name. I, this is not something I knew people had an opinion on at all. Oh, well, <laughs> URL wrong on that one. But... <laughs> <laughs> Again, I think if you really want to read the article, it's pretty good on Wired, and then you'll love the way it ends. Mm-hmm. And I'm just going to spoil it for you here. Spoiler alert. As Emily Stark, a technical lead at Chrome, puts it, the project is a UR elephant in the room. Oh, that's really So check it out. Good. It's a good read. That's really good. And that brings us to our must-read art marketing article of the week. An article too long, too in-depth, too robust for us to cover in-depth here. And today's article is by Cyrus Shepard over at Zippy. I'm just going to call that Zippy. (laughs) Z-Y-P-P-Y. And it's about how to create category pages that rank and convert 10x higher. Whoa. Grant Cardone, 10x yourself. (laughs) And I thought this was great. We had a similar article from uh, Ross Hudgens' team over at Siege Media about a month back on category pages too. And, And this is just an area where a lot of companies have the ability to improve. You've got all this content. These category pages are typically some of the least thought after pages. 
and there's just so much room for improvement and it's fantastic having resources like this resources from siege media where you can actually see what some of the differences are and again with this one you can get those conversions 10x so check that out over at zippy.com or see it in our show notes and that does it for today's show it is now officially not marketing o'clock <laughs> but you can catch all of the content that you heard here today on marketingoclock.com or in the descriptions below and make sure that you subscribe here to us so that you don't miss a single episode each and every Friday when we come to you live. We'd miss you. See you next Friday. Bye. Bye.